This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. This program is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex. I'm your host, Elisa Kreitman. This show is dedicated to providing today's modern women with useful information we all need to make empowered, conscious choices. On the show today, I'm going to talk about when things fall apart. You know, things like losing a job or a home, having a heart-wrenching breakup or an untimely death. I'm reading a book by Pema Chodron, who's an extraordinary Buddhist teacher, and the book is called When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times. I wanted to start off this inaugural interview of 2010 by talking about what we would ordinarily shy away from. We're going to talk about fear We're going to talk about pain, and we're going to talk about how to deal with these things in a conscious, healthy, open-ended way. First, I want to start off by talking a little bit about where I've been and why there's been a gap in shows um, recently. And what's been happening is things in my life have been falling apart. At the end of 2009, I experienced a really traumatic breakup, and I was engaged to a man, and that is no longer happening. And so it took me a good six weeks to really grasp what was going on, to process a lot of that pain that was happening to me in my life. And it's where I found this book by Pema Chodron, When Things Fall Apart. And so I'm going to read some excerpts from the book. If you have anything going on in your life um, that even remotely looks like your life falling apart, I highly, highly recommend this book. It's $12.95. It's probably cheaper on Amazon.com and you can get it probably instantly to your home if you have a Kindle. Um, This book is extraordinary and it's really helped me come to terms with pain and fear and a lot of things that have been going on in my life. And so I want to share them with you. Um, And I also want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart who has written in, sent me an email, inquiring about the show, inquiring about me, and sharing just how important this show is to you. Um, I have to say, I wasn't really aware of the depth of connection and um, what is it? I wasn't aware of the impact my show was having to so many people out there. And so maybe that's part of the learning when there was a gap in the show that I was able to hear from so many people asking about the show and saying how much 
it really meant to them and made a difference in their life and helped them in this way or that way. And I realized I've created something here that's sort of beyond me, that's a calling from deep in my heart to be the most conscious, empowered woman I can be, and that there are a lot of other women out there and men who are also consciously seeking how to be the most conscious, empowered woman they can be and men. So I really want to thank you all for listening, tuning in. I'm back. And 2010 is going to be extraordinary. And I'm going to take you on the journey that I'm going on uh, and share more about things that are going on in my life and how I'm healing and the things that I'm learning and interview some really edgy, alive, awake in the no cutting edge authors, speakers, leaders in some areas that a lot of people might find very challenging. And, you know, one of them is really facing our fear and looking at undigested emotional content that, for the most part, what I'm finding is ruling um, a lot of how we behave, how we act, and the patterns we keep repeating in our lives. So I'm really excited to share a lot of what I've been learning in my own healing process from this breakup. And I hope that um, some of these experiences really resonate with a lot of you. And I also want to hear from you. What are some of the things that you're doing to help yourself heal from whatever's going on. I know a lot of people are uh, ch being challenged right now with the economy, you know, homes and um, relatives and all kinds of things where people are needing a lot of support right now. And so my focus this year in 2010 is going to be primarily on radical self-care. That's my motto for 2010 is this radical self-care. And the other part of that is radical self-care such that it manifests miracles. So really looking at how us taking care of ourselves naturally, effortlessly causes miracles in our lives. And so I'm going to be tracking that. I want to hear from you about that as well. So some of the things that are up for 2010 is this uh, really deep dive into this kind of undigested emotional content, how to take care of ourselves. And one other thing I found recently was something called the presence process. And so I'm going to be looking at um, interviewing Michael Brown, who developed this process. And again, it's it's designed for emotional body healing. And we're going to talk a lot about that, facing our fears, looking at this emotional um, content, undigested traumas, undigested pains, wounding from our childhood that are feeding obstacles that seem to keep recurring in our lives. So get ready for some radical self-care. I'm going to take a little break, and then when I come back, we're going to dive into When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron and uh, explore getting intimate with our fear. I'm Elisa Kreitman, your host of Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex, and we'll be right back.
I'm your host, Elisa Kreitman. You're listening to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex. Before the break, I was talking about 2010 and what the focus is going to be for Just for Women. And it's going to be radical self-care that manifests miracles. And what we're talking about today is being intimate with our fear. And I'm going to read to you an excerpt from Pema Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart. And I just want us all to take a deep breath and just relax into your seat wherever you are. And just really remember that breath. Remember that oxygenation of the body is so important for relaxation, is so important to help us get back to the present moment. And that if we are feeling anxious or fearful, that the breath is a fantastic entry point mechanism vehicle for calming down, for getting back to the timeless nature in all of us that we all are, that's there, accessible in any moment, if we're willing to just slow down and tap into it. Hmm. I'm going to be doing a lot of deep breathing this year in 2010. (laughs) All right. So let's start with getting intimate with fear. I wonder if you can hear that thunder. It's such a, it's such a uh, very rainy, wet winter night here in San Francisco, and the the clouds are just rumbling up above. It's really cool. Feel very warm and safe and dry here in my little apartment, talking about getting intimate with fear. <laughs> just give you the setup. So here we go. Fear is a universal experience. Even with the smallest insect, it feels fear. We wade in tidal pools and put our fingers near the soft bodies of sea anemones, and they close up. Everything spontaneously does that. It's not a terrible thing that we feel fear when faced with the unknown. It's a part of being alive. It's something we all share. We react against the possibility of loneliness of death, of not having anything to hold on to. Fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. So that's a really poignant part of Pema Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart, talking about getting intimate with fear. And so I want to offer that if you're feeling fear in your life, that if there's something going on for you where you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed with the unknown feel like the rug's been ripped out from under you many times. That can happen with a death, you know, a sudden breakup or a breakup you've known that's been coming for a long time and it's just been finalized, a job loss, a home loss. There's so many people dealing with that. I'm sure many of you have been affected or know some people who've been affected by these things. And I think it's really important for us to start to learn and get into new habits and practices of how we can be with this fear in a good, healthy, and solid way. So as I was sharing earlier, at the end of 2009, my big fear came, my big heartbreak came when my relationship ended, my two and a half year relationship where 
um, we were engaged to be married. And I'm still going through it, you know. It's a process. It's a process to come out of such a commitment. Um, and I think it's really important to look at how it's being handled. I know in the beginning I was really angry and upset and annoyed at, you know, how it all went down, some things that happened. But I really got to step back and see and watch my mind, how my mind wanted to blame, how I wanted things to turn out a different way, how I was holding on to things. And I think there's many ways that we can go when we're faced with challenges in our life. And are we going to continue to perpetuate unconscious habits that might be self-destructive, that might be destructive to other people, and really look at how are we reacting. Because fear and things of this nature, it, it is the nature of being alive. It is the nature of being a human being. I think we think that things are solid and we think that life is going to go the way we want just because we have that desire, but it's never a given. And I think we forget that and we get lulled asleep by the intoxication of a relationship or thinking we're secure in a job or a home. And then when those things go away, it can be very frightening. So I want to read a little bit more about being intimate with fear from Pema Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart. What we're talking about is getting to know fear, becoming familiar with fear, looking it right in the eye, not as a way to solve problems, but as a complete undoing of old ways of seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and thinking. The truth is, when we really begin to do this, we're going to be continually humbled there's not going to be much room for the arrogance that holding on to ideals can bring. The arrogance that inevitably does arise is going to be continually shot down by our own courage to step forward a little further. The kinds of discoveries that are made through practice have nothing to do with believing in anything. They have much more to do with having the courage to die, the courage to die continually. So what is she speaking to here? She's talking about practice. She's talking about the courage to die. And it's kind of a little bit about what I was talking about before. What I'm realizing is that when we let go of that there's anything to hold on to in life, it's like a little death. It's a death when the breakup happens. It's a death when we lose our job or our home. There's something going away. There's a huge transition happening. And there's a little bit of, you know, we, and then we start to get shook and awake by that arrogance that we think things are going to go unchanging for as long as we want them to. And so there's huge power in understanding how we're being when these things happen. And you know, meditation is such a large piece of getting back to yourself, getting back to a place where you feel a little bit more grounded, a little bit more secure, even in the chaos of life, that we're tapping into, again, the part of our being, the part of ourselves that is constant, that is okay where there are no problems. And if you don't have a practice, a meditation practice, a breathing practice, an exercise practice, now might be a good time to consider 
a little bit of time in the morning and a little bit of time in the evening every day, a practice, a habit, something that you do consistently to go back inside, to tap into your body, to tap into your heart and see what's really going on there. What happens with meditation? Pema goes on to say in her book, you know, this mindfulness meditation, any kind of thing where we're working with ourselves, she calls it being right on the spot. And, and being on that spot, meditating, going inside, doing yoga, feeling your body. She says it nails us right to the point of time and space that we are in. When we stop there and don't act out, don't repress, don't blame it on anyone else, and also don't blame it on ourselves, then we meet with an open-ended question that has no conceptual answer. We also encounter our heart. No one ever tells us to stop running away from fear. We are very rarely told to move closer to it, to just be there, to become familiar with fear. So what Pam is offering is that this intimacy with fear through reconnecting with ourselves, that we actually start to look at and hold fear in entirely different light, that it could actually be our friend. It could actually be something that we learn from, that when we calm down, we slow down, we take some breaths, that things that seem so overwhelming, so uncomfortable, so undeniably out of our league of being able to contend with that we actually could, that we actually could move through it with grace, with ease, with being messy, with totally falling apart. And that when we are falling apart, that we embrace that fear, that we become friends with our fear. And Pema goes on to say, so the next time you encounter fear, consider yourself lucky. This is where the courage comes in. Usually we think that brave people have no fear. The truth is, they are intimate with fear. She goes on to say, The trick is to keep exploring and not to bail out, even when we find out that something is not what we thought. That's when we're going to discover, again and again, nothing is what we thought. So, I'll leave you with that. We'll take a little break and we'll come back. I'm Elisa Kreitman, your host of Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex. I'm your host, Elisa Kreitman. Before the break, we were talking about fear as it pertains to Pema Chodron's point of view in her book, When Things Fall Apart. And we were talking about becoming intimate with our fear, friendly with our fear, that it's always going to be there. It just depends on how we're going to relate with that fear. In the second half, I want to talk about aggression 
self-love and self-acceptance. You know, it's interesting when we think about our lives falling apart and things being really challenging. It's rare, at least in my experience, for people to say, are you being good to yourself? Are you loving yourself? Are you taking it easy? And, you know, there's always this impetus to try to fix it, try to change it, try to avoid it. And really, this book is such a, it's such a vast breath of fresh air because it talks all about not running away, just being with it, opening to it, making aggression, fear, pain, our friends, and going deeply into it, finding the root, finding the source, looking deeply into our own pains and wounds. And why I love this book is because our society is just not built that way. You know, we're supposed to look thinner and feel better and anything not to feel anxiety. You know how many drugs there are in the market so we don't feel? I won't get into it now because I want to read some more uh, from Pema's book. But, you know, it all feeds into the same vein, these messages we get from society that we're supposed to keep an, you know, stiff upper lip and not show people what's true for us about what's going on. And sometimes, you know what, we need to fall apart. We need to be a mess for a while. And so I've been sharing a little bit about what's been going on with me and my world and what I've been doing to get myself not not only like back into a place, I don't even feel like I'm going back into a place. I feel like I'm moving forward opening. I'm moving forward watching my mind and how I want to react. I'm moving forward, sensing my body and seeing where the pain's coming up. I'm moving forward, asking for support, asking for what I need. Very different from how I've ever handled things falling apart in the past. So we're going to talk more about that. I want to read an excerpt from chapter six of When Things Fall Apart. The chapter's called Not Causing Harm. And Pema writes, the most fundamental aggression to ourselves, the most fundamental harm we can do to ourselves is to remain ignorant by not having the courage and the respect to look at ourselves honestly and gently. As we become more wholehearted in this journey of gentle honesty, it becomes quite a shock to realize how much we've blinded ourselves to some of the ways in which we cause harm. Our style is so ingrained that we can't hear when people try to tell us, either kindly or rudely, that maybe we're causing some harm by the way we are or the way we relate with others. We've become so used to the way we do things that somehow we think that others are used to it too. It's painful to face how we harm others, and it takes a while. It's a journey that happens because of our commitment to gentleness and honesty, our commitment to staying awake into being mindful. Because mindfulness, we see our desires and our aggression. Because of mindfulness, we see our jealousy and our ignorant, our ignorance. We don't act on them. We just see them. Without mindfulness, we don't see them. So what is she talking about with mindfulness? Again, primarily it's pointing to the art of meditation. To any time we snap, on the spot, wake up and realize maybe we were in a trance. Maybe 
some part of us that's not our most kind, natural, loving essence had taken over. It's that awareness that, oh, maybe I'm having a negative impact on someone. Oh, maybe there's a different choice here. Maybe there's a different option here. And so it's definitely, you know, especially during a time of things falling apart, she's very bold in writing, you know, that it's aggressive to be ignorant about how we harm others with our blaming, with our attacking. And yet it's the most poignant time to look, right? It's the most poignant time to look at what we do when we're in pain. I really like this next piece because it points to something about how we all handle discomfort and our automatic natural reaction to want to move, shake it off, avoid. So listen to this part about refraining, not habitually acting out impulsively. Refraining is the method for getting to know the nature of this restlessness and fear. Refraining is a method for settling into groundlessness If we immediately entertain ourselves by talking, by acting, by thinking, there's never any pause. We will never be able to relax. We will always be speeding through our lives. We will always be stuck with what my grandfather called a good case of the jitters. Refraining is a way of making friends with ourselves at the most profound level possible. We can begin to relate with what's underneath all the bubbles and burps and farts, all the stuff that comes out and expresses itself as uptight, controlling, manipulative behavior, or whatever it is. Underneath all that, there's something very soft, very tender that we experience as fear or edginess. And this is why I love Pema Children so much in her book, When Things Fall Apart, is that she, you know, she just says it like it is. She talks about shit and, you know, rubbing it all over the place. And, you know, here she's talking about burps and farts. And, you know, it's just like the way, the way we react. I mean, those are some bodily reactions, but she has no, there's no, um, you know, kind of refraining from really getting down into the nitty gritty of what's going on here. So she's talking about refraining, refraining from these automatic habitual uh, reactions versus responses. And she's talking about using things like meditation to really discover the, the natural way of life, which is that there is no ground, that we, it's an illusion that we have anything to hold on to, that anything is solid here, and that all our uptightness and the ways we try to control and manipulate things are really futile, because there's nothing really to grip and hold on to anyway. And so again, if you're going through a tender time, get this book, check it out, start to really look at some new perspectives on how to deal with pain, on how to deal with fear, on how to love yourself, accept yourself, be kind and gentle to yourself exactly where you are. It's really, really important. Pema goes on to say, because we have basic goodness, basic wisdom, basic intelligence, we can stop harming ourselves and harming others. Because of mindfulness, we see things when they arise. 
Because of our understanding, we don't buy into the chain reaction that make that makes things grow from minute to expansive. We leave things minute. We let them stay tiny. We don't keep expanding into World War III or domestic violence. It all comes through learning to pause for a moment, learning not to just impulsively do the same thing again and again. It's a transformative experience to simply pause instead of immediately filling up the space. I like that one. That speaks directly to me because a big part of what I've been learning is my um, kind of high level of energy that I've carried that I've, you know, learned in childhood. And it's definitely been something that I've been working with. And this book has given me a lot of insight into pausing. You know, and I want to talk a little bit about this pausing and meditation. I've developed a product recently. It's called Masterful Techniques. And I teach people how to meditate. I teach people how to pause, how to transform emotion, how to deal with the underpinnings of what causes anxiety in our lives. And I think a lot of this feeds into this vein as well this book, all of the things that are coming up and how to use meditation as one form of healing anxiety, as one form of how to deal with life, how to accept when things in our lives are falling apart. So check that out. That's masterfultechniques.com. And there's a series of five techniques that I teach you. You can go to the website and learn all about it. Also, I wanted to let you know that during the break, I created a blog post where you can go and link directly to Pema Children's book and get it on Amazon. So just go to Just for Women Show, click on the blog, and it's right there for you. So I'm going to end here. I think that's a lot to think about and to digest and to consider um, if you are going through something challenging or if there's someone you know who's going through something challenging that there are many, many perspectives to consider, many ways to heal and, um, you know, consider pausing, consider learning how to meditate in this new decade, in this new fresh year and how to continue to learn to respond versus react and be good to ourselves. I'm your host, Elisa Kreitman. You've been listening to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex. Tune in next week for more juicy news you can use. That's it for now. Thanks, everyone. Thank you again for all of your emails, all of your support, all of your inquiry, and all of your desire to learn how you can be the most empowered man or woman on this earth, helping each other out, moving along, especially by going inward in healing ourselves first so we can be helpful and useful and loving and kind to others by being helpful and kind to ourselves first. All right, that's all for now. Take care. See you next time. great shows like this on personallifemedia.com 